Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. A new bi-weekly show on the Fish Stripes podcast. Starring Isaac Azut and Kevin Barral. Fish Stripes Unfiltered starts right now. Fish Stripes Unfiltered back here with episode six uh, with my co-host Isaac Azut, and we have a very special guest, Daniel Alvarez of El Extravase. Uh, my man, how are you? It is an honor to have you on here today. No, thank you guys. I really appreciate you guys for having me. Um, you know, I, I love talking to, to you both, Isaac and, and Kevin, and... I, I have to say I really miss doing this because it's been a quiet off season I think for the Marlins so far, but ba- basically for every single team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really miss doing this. Yeah. So um, Isaac, my man, how are you, man? I mean, there's a lot to talk about today. Uh, I-, I would say there's a lot to talk about. You know, from the last time we spoke to right now. Yeah, man, it's good to be here again. And like Daniel said, it's been relatively quiet on the Marlins front, but you know, luckily in the last couple of days, couple of weeks, there's been a little more reporting done on other teams and as well as the Marlins. So we'll definitely dive into that today. Yeah. So as usual, make sure to subscribe on YouTube and uh, I guess subscribe to us on anywhere where you're listening to this Apple podcast, uh, Spotify, wherever really you listen to this. And I think we could start with the breaking news. We're filming this on Tuesday. So uh, Noah Syndergaard signed a massive one year deal with the uh, uh, Los Angeles angels of Anaheim, 21 million for one year. Um, your thoughts on that, uh, no, um, Danny? Because uh, that's a pretty big deal. 
I, I think you you said that right. It's a massive. It's it's hard to say there's a massive one year deal, but when you sign for twenty one million dollars, I mean that's massive. So um, yes, that's that's the right way to call it. Um, good for the Angels who are betting on a pitcher who just made. We just pitched two innings. That was it. Two innings in the big leagues in in twenty twenty one. Last couple of weeks of the season, including one inning, one inning against the Marlins. Uh, I think it's gonna be. It's a low risk and and high reward for for the Angels, um, who desperately need pitching. They need pitching. They need more than than Shohei pitching every ten to seven days. So uh, I think it's good for them. I think. The way the market is being handled right now, with the signing of Andrew Heaney, with the signing of Eduardo Rodriguez for the for the Tigers, it, and now Noah Syndergaard tells you a lot about how much teams are looking for pitching, which also leads me to believe that the Marlins maybe need to look up one of their guys, uh, maybe Sandy, and or especially Sandy. And and then look what they can do with guys like Pablo or Sandy or Eliezer. Yeah, there's another pitcher who signed his extension. We'll get into him later because this, I guess, in a way, has something to do with the Marlins with Sandy and his extension. But Isaac, I mean, yes. 21 million. I mean, it, we don't even see these in one-year deals. This is, in a way, Mike Trout money. So what were your thoughts on that deal? And in a way, it does affect the Marlins. So if you want to go into that, and we'll tie it in with the Jose Barrios. Yeah, man. Well, when you're a team like the Angels and you just have an insane amount of capital available, it's like Danny said, it is a somewhat of a low-risk signing for them. And you look at these one-year deals in the past, they seem to work out well for both the player and the team. You might, we mentioned Ozuna. We mentioned Donaldson. Braves like to do things like that. But with Syndergaard, like you said, he's pitched two innings all of 2021. So, but if it does work out, it will be a bargain. Because when, when healthy, Noah Syndergaard is one of the most overpowering pitchers in all of baseball. So, you know, if you have him for just one year on the books and yeah, albeit at 21 million, I think the Angels will be happy with it. It is risky when you just look at, you know, all the money that that team has when you don't, you know, I don't yeah. know if they've learned their lesson with Pujols, with CJ Wilson, with Hamilton, with Rendon. They have a lot of money on there. So, but I think keeping it at one year was probably like what made it worth it for them. Yeah. And Danny said it was low risk. I, I think it's in a way high risk because this guy hasn't pitched a lot at, at all, two innings, as you mentioned. So, it's a little bit of a high risk, especially at 21 million. If this was maybe 10 to 15 million, you could say it's a lower risk. But this guy is an injury-prone pitcher. But when he's healthy, man, he is really good. And then with the other news, Jose Barrios signed a seven-year deal worth $131 million. And I'll start with you, Isaac. Is this an overpay for Jose Barrios? I mean, it seems like it. You know, at first glance, you know, I didn't really pay attention much to him when he was with Minnesota. He got traded uh, last year during mm -hmm. the trade deadline. You know, he's just he's been a healthy pitcher who pitches his 190, 200 innings every almost every year. He's just been solid. So I guess like you know, like we said, pitching is a hot commodity right now. You look at all the, what all these pitchers are making. And what I think what could tie in with the Marlins is yeah, the Marlins aren't gonna be looking for pitching to acquire, but just like teams are willing to pay so much money for a guy like Syndergaard, for a guy like Barrios, for a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez, teams are gonna be willing to give away player capital for pitchers like Pablo or a pitcher like Eliezer. So Maybe it's a good yeah. sign that all these pitchers are, are receiving so much money. And with this, I mean, we look at Sandy, who's a guy who's due up for an extension. I think he's going through arbitration now this year for his first time. Danny, I mean, how, what what does this seem for the value of Sandy now? I mean, we thought it was going to be maybe five years, 50 million. I think that's what Craig had mentioned at some point. This value, we assume now, goes up, right? 
it, it definitely goes up, and especially when when you see how how teams have a lack of pitchers who can go more than six or more than seven innings in you know tough situations. You saw it in the postseason. I mean, whenever a pitcher was having a, a bad inning, no matter if it was the third or the fourth or the fifth inning, they were taking them out. Uh, we saw it in the World Series a lot. Uh, we saw it in the postseason in general a lot. So when you, and then you see guys like Wheeler or Wainwright or even Sandy, one of the few pitchers who actually passed the 200-inning mark for pitchers uh, or innings pitch, something that, it was an accomplishment for every single starter, but you had 30 to 40 to maybe 50 starters in the big leagues pitching 200 or plus innings in years past, and now you only had four this season. It certainly tells you a lot about how good of a pitcher Sandy is, how reliable he is, and I know I, I think that maybe adds to, to his value and it's going to make him you know, a, a lot more expensive pitcher because he can give you not only innings, but quality innings. And that's that's the thing with, with Sandy. I see the same thing with Barrios, who's always close to 200 innings. Uh, so good, um, you know, with his fastball, with his breaking ball. I mean, his, his slider, for example, it's something that reminds me a lot of Jose Fernandez, for example. And I told him this a couple seasons ago when... when Twins came to to Miami, and he told me, "Yeah, I." Some some people think the same uh, when when they see me that it reminds them a lot about Jose, and and I see the same thing with him. So, um, yes, I think maybe it, it can sound like a, like an overpay for for Barrios, but I think it's gonna really um, be huge for them going forward because he's still very young, um, no injury history that, that you can be concerned about and he's only going to be effective in, in that division yeah when i first saw the number seven years 131 million i immediately thought of chris bryant because that's been the number i think we've some have been discussing i mean you could even go a little bit high for a guy like chris bryant but the years is around that and i think he does have an option to get out of that contract in years five and six yeah but just for a little bit more statistical point numbers he was 12 and 9 3.52 ERA, 32 games, started all of them, 192 innings pitched, so very close to that 200 inning mark, and had 204 strikeouts with a 1.06 whip, so he had a very good season and almost pitched as many innings as Sandy, so we look at it, and I, and I think now when we go back to Sandy, I think Miami has, it's going to be harder for Miami in terms yep. of now trying to lock in Sandy, because before this, you could say five years, 50 million, that's robbing Sandy Alcantara, and Maybe they would go. Yeah, I, go ahead. I, I think that's something that, I mean, from Sandy's per perspective, I, I can say this and, and say, okay, uh, maybe I can sign a long-term deal um, with the Marlins if the Marlins are willing to pay me, knowing what they did with Berrios and for how much they signed Syndergaard and Heaney or Rodriguez. I mean, you, you can see that happening. But also, what makes you think that he's going to be so desperate to sign right now, knowing that he can go to the open market and get a contract like the one that Berrios had, even though he, he was still in control of, of the Blue Jays, but one year away from hitting free agency? Or a guy like Rodriguez or Heaney or one of these guys that are, that are going to sign. I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for, you know, to see what's going to happen with Robbie Ray, for example. Um, 
he's probably going to win the Cy Young, and he's in another level right now. But but still, he wasn't that good of a pitcher until this year, even though he was really good. So it makes me think maybe I don't know if if Sandy has the need of signing an extension now. Yeah, Sandy, don't look at me like that. Uh, <laughs> but, but maybe uh, I, I maybe he he wants to stay here. But I don't know if he's desperate to sign like right now, uh, knowing that he's gonna be a free agent like a very young age, and with a lot uh, to to prove ahead. Two two. And Alonzo chases the slider. Another new career high for Sandy Alcantara. Going into uh, 2022, the offseason, you know, I've said this many times. It seems like the most hyped offseason that the Marlins have had since the start of the rebuild. You hear names like Nick Castellano, Starlin Marte, Avisel Garcia, not the biggest name, but it's a name that I guess for Marlins fans really does stand out. Uh, We'll go into the first one here, uh, Danny. Uh, what are your thoughts on possibly Nick Castellanos being on the Marlins? I mean, Nick, John Heyman made a tweet saying the Marlins met with Miami with the my Marlins met with Miami area native Nick Castellanos. Agent Scott Boris, good fit for the team that needs bats, but hard to see them affording him. More likely, they acquire multiple hitters that cost somewhat less. I mean, what are your thoughts on this report? And what would Nick Castellanos do for the Marlins? This I think he would be a very, yeah, no, I think he will be a very impactful player. I mean, you you, you see what what he did uh, with the Reds this last couple of years, even with the short tenure he had with the with the Cubs, uh, and then with the Tigers. I mean, he's a really good player uh, that can change the whole lineup. I mean, when you when you see a presence like Castellanos in the lineup, it changes the game plan completely. However, uh, I don't see this happening um, just because I don't know how. I don't know if the Marlins are willing to to spend and to pay uh, what Castellanos costs right now, and and that's that's going to be a thing with, with the Marlins. I think Heyman is is accurate when when he says that maybe the Marlins are willing to to acquire um, some you know more bats that can cost less for for them, uh, and maybe try to to build from that. But I, I honestly don't see. Uh, the Marlins going after a big free agent like Castellanos or even Starling Marte uh, this offseason. When I look at Castellanos, when you at least you see the report initially, you start thinking, wow, the Marlins actually talked to a big not big name free agent that isn't, I guess, for them, Matt Joyce or Corey Dickerson. They they actually went out there and and they went to talk to a big guy in Castellanos, Marte, and, which we'll get into have, a bit. And they have to. They, they have to. That, that's what every team should do in, in during the offseason, and I, I don't have any doubt in my mind that they are certainly in, you know, they, they have interest in, in going after Castellanos or going after uh, a guy like Avisael Garcia, who I, I believe it's going to be a better fit for them. Maybe not a better fit, but it's going to be good just because of, uh, because Avi lives here in Miami, has his family here in Miami, spends the whole offseason here in Miami, uh, and Basically, every Latin player, and especially the Venezuelan ones, they love to be here because of how close they are to to home uh, in Caracas, Maracay, wherever it is. And knowing that the, their family members and, and friends can, can come and see them. However, um, they they have to pay, and that's why Aggie at the that's why Abby uh, Garcia rejected the the option or declined his option with the Brewers. And it's fine. It's trying to to find another another team who, who can pay him more, because if you see it, what else could he ask for? 
Milwaukee knowing that he was already in a winning team, that they're probably going to win the division next year anyway. And the only thing they need is more offense. So it's maybe easier for the Brewers to go and get more offense than for Abisail to go and get another team who can pay him whatever he wants. So that's why I think it's going to be difficult. But I really think that the Marlins should go for a guy like him, obviously go for a guy like Castellanos. I just don't know if they're willing to spend you know, whatever they, they cost right now. Yeah, and just for further, I guess, details on Castellanos, I think this was his best season with the Reds. 531 at-bats, 95 runs, 164 hits, 34 homers. Not a single Marlin got that, by the way. Not even close. Uh, 100 RBIs, three stolen bases, 309 batting average, 362 on-base percentage, and uh, 939 OPS. So this guy, this guy can mash it, and he will be their best player, undoubtedly, on the Marlins. Isaac, your thoughts on the uh, John Hammond report with Castellanos? I mean, just that's just when you talk about a dream scenario that's unrealistic. This is it. You know, with Castellanos, he's one of the better pure hitters in all of baseball. And in Lone Depot Park, I'll tell you right now, he's not going to hit 34, 36 home runs, but he will hit 55 doubles. You know, like just like he did in that season where he was with the Cubs for half the season. But wow, that would just be such a presence in the lineup, hitting third every single day. Defense liability, who cares? He'll be hitting 300 for you and, and slug at least 500. So that's that would be the dream scenario. You got to remember he opted out of two years, 34 million, I believe it was. So whatever mm-hmm. he gets in free agency, it's going to have to be more than 17 million a year. So you have to assume it's going to be 2022. So whatever it would cost, it would be a four to five year deal in the 80 to $100 million range. Now, will Miami do that? Probably not. Where you know We're great at spending other people's money. However, they do do that. You got to assume that that's you know no more free agent signings, but then hey, they can trade for all the other all the other holes in their lineup. So maybe there's a small chance, but I I wouldn't hold my breath with Castellanos. And, and not only did the Marlins talk to Castellanos, they talked to an old friend, which we had mentioned I think a little bit while ago, Starlin Marte. I mean, per source, the Marlins have made an offer to bring back Starlin Marte, but no decision is imminent. This comes from Barry Jackson. Uh, on any team, more than half dozen teams in mix for Marte. One of the top free agent outfielders, John Heyman, mentioned it as well that the Marlins did have interest in him, and they did meet up. I think it was either with him or the agent um, this past week. So, Danny, uh, bringing back Marte, obviously, I don't think it'll solve all the Marlins' issues, but it'll solve a big, big issue for the Marlins, which is that center fielder, which they very much lack. And it will bring in a big-time bat, which, once again, they very much lack. And they also know uh, Marte very well from his time with the Marlins, you know, 2020, half that season, and the beginning of 2021. Oh, maybe it's Marte. It's Marte. It's definitely Marte. It's a guy that they know. Uh, It's a guy that knows the team, knows the city, knows the market, knows the division, knows everything. Uh, He's a veteran, of course. He's been in the NL for during his whole career, except from that time in Oakland. But we know Marte is asking for that fourth fourth year, uh, and if the Marlins were weren't able to to give them that for that fourth year uh, this season, why would they change it now? I mean, why would they go after after him and and say, hey, we're gonna give you this uh, right now? Um, I think. It could be possible, yes, but I, again, I don't see it happening. Maybe not on the Marlins side. I don't know if, if, if on the Marte side, his side, he's um, very 
you know, uh, like like he really wants to, to sign here. Uh, I, I I think it will be great for for the Marlins, knowing that you know everything we mentioned. He, I know he's 32 years old, and players after they turn to 30, they don't have the same value. However, Marty's in great shape, great conditions, so it could be very useful, very helpful for, for a lot of years. But I just don't see um, I just don't see them matching again because uh, it didn't happen before. I don't know if the Marlins are, are going to make it make it happen again. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I think when you look at the other teams, the Yankees, the Phillies, those two are going to give them that fourth that fourth year. Exactly. And they're going to give them a lot more than what Miami offered, which I think was exactly. three years, thirty six million around that area, which they offered him. You know, before the the deadline last year. Yeah. The trade deadline. So. I think it's. I think it's going to be close to fifty million, um, fifty to sixty million. Hmm. And some teams going to be. Some 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 teams going to pay because it always happens with one team or maybe two teams in the offseason. Last year we saw the Blue Jays, for example, signing um, George Springer. They tried to go after Michael Brandley. They signed Kirby Yates. They made all the acquisitions they made in the, during the trade deadline. They did everything they could. They didn't make it. Yeah, I know. It was tough against those Rays, against the Yankees, against the, against the Red Sox, who had a great year, although they, they were not supposed to have it. Uh, but there's always one team that tries to to make those things happen. And, and that team is going to be the one who's going to sign Starling Martin. I really see the Yankees maybe doing it. Or the Phillies, as, as you mentioned, because I, I think Philadelphia is the perfect fit for them. They need a center fielder. Um, they need, they definitely need more offense and a new bullpen, basically. Um, and Marty yeah. is just going to be a great fit for them. And in that ballpark, oof, can't imagine. When you pair him up with with a guy like Bryce Harper, that's that's going to be stay. very very dangerous. And yeah, I think it's and the Rangers also showed some interest. I think there was a report from Heyman as well today. I, I, I think I think the Rangers could be that team too. Yeah. Because they've been losing for for a long time now, and you see, uh, you see the Rangers having that flexibility, the new ballpark, um, and saying maybe okay, now it's our time. Because I think that the A's could be in on a rebuilding process again. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the Astros are solid, but are they really that solid now? Maybe losing Correa. Um, not having great pitching. So I think that whoever makes that push in the West, I don't know if it's the Angels, I don't know if it's the Mariners, I don't know if it's the the Rangers, but whoever makes that push, giving that extra, I think it's going to be the... the I, I think it's going to fight for, for the division. And I see the Rangers saying, hey, you know what, we have young talent. We had good we have good talent we just need to spend a little bit more and bring a couple players and then go for it and i see the rangers doing those those uh acquisitions in, in this offseason and they're gonna surprise everybody yeah and I, and I told isaac and i'll let him go into this as well this seems more like a marlin's due diligence to try to give the guy an offer to see maybe if he somehow miraculously says yes and takes this contract over to one that he could get maybe from the dodgers or a team like the Yankees, which you had mentioned, Danny. Uh, Isaac, your, your thoughts on this report, and what does this mean for the Marlins? Well, I, 
I think the Texas Rangers make a lot of sense for a guy like Starley Marte. I know Marte had, you know, had been outspoken and saying that he wanted to be here. It's just, you know, other teams like the Rangers, like the Phillies, like the Yankees, when they give a long-term contract to a, someone that's north of 30 years old, they know that like probably the last year it's yeah. going to, you know, it's, he's going to be ineffective. Those teams can afford to pay for four years knowing only three or two or three of them are going to be, you know, worth it financially. The Marlins can't afford to pay for any ineffective years. So I don't see them going for it. That's why I would maybe think that Castellanos would make a little bit more sense due to his age, due to his just straight, pure hitting ability. You know he's going to be effective for the next four years. But with Marte, if you can do four years, 45, 40 million, yeah, of course, go for it because, you know, that's a, that's a good deal for him on the Marlins side. But I think he's going to be able to command a lot more than that, especially from a team like Texas that opened their new ballpark, had no fans in the stand for their inaugural year, had a horrible year last year. I think they're saying, listen, we need to show our fans in this new ballpark that we're ready to go because they're doing the complete opposite of what the old regime did in 2012 when they opened Marlins Park. They, they need to start getting wins. So I, I really see him going to the, to the Rangers. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and, you know, Danny mentioned this guy, Avisael Garcia. Uh, the Barry, Barry Jackson once again reported that the Marlins have shown interest in the guy. He had a 262, 29 homers, 86 RBI for the Brewers in 2021. Um, I would assume this is a guy who seems a lot more realistic in terms of money. Danny, uh, you know, what would this guy bring to Miami? I mean, seems like a guy who could just mash homers at this point. That's what Miami looks like. He's the guy that he's. On his thirties, I think, Avisail. Um, once again, he, he lives here. He loves being here. He has plenty, plenty of experience. Although he's young, uh, but he played a World Series already with the Tigers. Uh, he's been in a couple winning teams now with the Brewers and the Rays. A uh, couple seasons ago, an All Star. His bat is undeniable. So good. And at the same time, if you look at his defensive numbers this year, he was a gold glove candidate. He definitely mm -hmm. was. I know he was tough in, in, in right field in the NL with Duval and, and Mookie Betts. But Avisail, he played great right field. He plays great center field. He plays good left field. So he's going to be a great outfielder uh, who's going to hit for contact and for power. Who's gonna be basically healthy all, all year long, which is a, a good thing for for Avisael, who had injuries in the past, um, and he's gonna be a great leader as well. Players respect him. Uh, he's a good presence among Latin players, and I know this for a fact because he trains with a lot of them during the off season, along with uh, Miggy Cabrera or Miggy Rowe, 
por Eduardo, Eduardo Rodríguez, por Gerardo Parra, Hernán Pérez, those guys who basically train together every single day in the offseason in Miami. I think it's gonna be, he could be a really good fit for the Marlins and I will definitely be excited if, if they go after Avisael and, and sign him for this year. Yeah, Avisael seems like he, he could be one of the big pieces of the Marlins, but I mean, Isaac, sh should we dream bigger than Avisael or, or should we assume this is the guy that Miami should go after if it seems like Castellanos would be too expensive or Marty says no to this offer that the Marlins are made him? I, I think like, Avisael... Like, uh, Go ahead. Like you want to, you want to go for a guy like a, like Castellanos or Marte. Yeah, ob obviously you want that. But going for a Vizio, I mean, um, may, I I know you 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 guys appreciate what what he can do, and and you guys know how good of a player he is. Yeah. Maybe he's not that popular, and maybe fans will say like, uh, yeah, we got a Vizio Garcia, but he's gonna be so good. He's gonna be really good for for the Marlins. So they just 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 don't think about yeah, very popular guy and good guy, Castellanos or um, or Marte, because Amisel Garcia can be really good and and the impact he can have on the staff. It, it just goes beyond um, the numbers on the field. It, it, I think it, it's gonna be a really impactful player in the clubhouse as well, and that's very good for the team. Yeah, no, I, I think in terms of second tier, he's like the highest tier of the second option for what the yeah. Marlins should be looking yeah. for. That's what I would say. I think if you know if you go after a trade candidate, you know, like these Reynolds or Buxton or whatever, that doesn't work out. Marte Castellanos doesn't happen. He is the first guy you call up. I know he hasn't been the most consistent with the bat in his career. He's coming off a great year, so we might have they might have to pay him a little bit more than he might be worth. But I think three years in the mid thirties, thirty million dollars gets it done. And like Danny said, he would be a tremendous upgrade over what Miami has now. And I think that's the point. I obviously think all these guys would be tremendous upgrades. But if you have to, you know, quote unquote, settle for Avisali Garcia, that's a hell of a move. And that would be that would be a big upgrade. He's not going to hit 30 home runs in Lone Depot Park, but he has tremendous power. And I think he'd be a good fit as well. And not I, I even just. I just want to add one more thing. And, and sorry, Kevin, for, for interrupting. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I don't know if may, maybe Eli has it over there. There was a game, I think it was May 15 or 16 in Miami or 14 maybe of 2019. Yeah. The Rays were playing here. He hit a bomb over the center, center field batter side. Yeah. I didn't I didn't even see Stanton hitting the ball over there while playing with the team. I, I saw him in the, during the home run derby, yes, or during, during batting practice, but not during games. I've never seen a bomb like that one. In a, in a game in, in Miami, never. Even with John Carter, yeah. I've never seen something like that. When I saw it, I, I was like, dude, this guy is really younger than Miguel Cabrera. I mean, wow, <laughs> that, that was powerful. Yeah, and we're going, and, and, and Isaac mentioned tears and, you know, of all these guys. If you really look at it, the Marlins tears, I think you would say Castellanos, Marte, Buxton, and Reynolds are that top tier. Of those guys that I, in a way seem completely unrealistic, little to no chance, but I mean, somehow Miami pulls it off. And then that middle tier, you would say Avisayo at first, first guy. And then I guess you you could say a guy like Jorge Soler, who had a great World Series, won the MVP. I don't know what his value would be after that. I don't know how high it would go. And a guy like Eddie Rosario could be an option, Danny. I mean, what were your what would be your thoughts with a guy like Soler or or Eddie Rosario, who I don't think have a place on the not that they don't have it, but 
a guy like Acuna is coming back. Duvall is going to go yeah. through that arbitration process, and maybe they stick with Jock. Yeah, I know. Uh, Eddie, I think it will be uh, a good outfielder for them. Lefty mm-hmm. bat, uh, who obviously growth a lot this year with that playoff experience with the with the Braves and especially the World Series experience. And he wants to win now. He was so honest with us when, when we talked to him uh, 24 hours before first pitch. Eddie, we asked him, like, what's the key for what guys like you and Peterson and Soler and Duval are doing and how, how you guys came together in such a short period of time. And he told me, because we're all going to be free agents and we don't know what's going to happen with us. So uh, we just want to give, a, we, just, we, we just want to go all in, give everything and then see what happens. And we just want to win. Well, I think that they're going to be, that, that once you win, that changes the whole thing. And, and that changes everything for for Soler or for uh, Eddie, Eddie Rosario. And now they just want to win. I know uh, Soler with, family living here in Miami, uh, him being Cuban, being that impactful among, you know, in, in the community would be good. I, I think the same about Rosario. Uh, I think he will be comfortable here. And and I also think he's a great fit. I, I, don't, I know the Marlins, they have plenty of depth in the outfield, especially with lefty bats with Lede and, and Cameron Meissner and Sanchez. And even even if somehow they try with Lewin in the outfield, which I I think it's not necessary, uh, <laughs> but uh, even if they try, they have another lefty by the way there in the lineup, so uh, that'll be another one. But but I think any of those guys would be would be good for the Marlins, especially if, if the DH is definitely happening in 2022, right? So yep. I think there, there's an option there with either Rosario or or Soler, especially Soler. Because Rosario, I think he's a pretty good outfielder with such a nice uh, arm. So I think that'll be good for him. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned uh, guys in the outfield. Obviously, we can't forget Alfaro, but I mean, um, (laughs) yeah. And the DH does give many options for the Marlins. You know, I think the most popular option has been maybe put a guy like Aguilar as the DH and then you start Lewin. Or, or you maybe put Cooper at DH because I know Baseball America likes that option. I'm putting Cooper at DH in 2025 and somehow starting late, lay one over uh, Aguilar. But I guess we'll move into to a more controversial news. Miami wanted to move on from either Pablo or Eliezer or Sandy to clear a rotation spot. But then a couple days after, uh, we get the – I think it was John Morosi who mentioned that it's either Pablo or Eliezer, maybe to Toronto for a guy like Kirk. Uh, I, I don't know what his first name is right now. Alejandro, Alejandro, Alejandro. Alejandro Kirk. Isaac, what are your thoughts on this? And I mean, yeah, and who's the most most likely to, to be traded there? Well, a very large human, just really quick on Alejandro. Very large yeah. human who was when, like when I searched up the picture of the guy, I, I thought it was like a joke or something. Then I noticed well, this is really uh, him. Like, he, he, could, he could be a center in the NFL, and I don't think anyone would look twice. <laughs> yeah. Alejandro Kirk, he is a cons- he was a consensus top one hundred prospect guy, and then you know he graduated obviously, and he had a decent year offensively. There are some questions defensively when it comes to him behind the plate, but like I said, you know him. Being even 10 times shittier would be an, a huge upgrade over what Miami had behind the dish this year. Yeah. Uh, from what I've heard, it looks like that's that never gained too much traction. So I don't know if that's ever going to be a thing. And regarding who's going to be who's more likely to be traded, I think Eliezer is any is you know anything but gone. He's going to be traded very soon, I would think. 
Pablo, that's the interesting one. I don't know if they're willing to trade someone as talented as he is. I don't know if I would. The only thing going against him is just, you know, the injury concerns with that shoulder, which has been a couple of times now for him. But I, I think he, you're looking to trade a guy like Eliezer and maybe some other sweeteners in the farm system for first major league starting catcher, which could be Kirk, could be Stallings, could be Contreras, who knows, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll get into catching options later. And before I go to Dan, I mean, Eliezer, I don't mind if he gets traded. I mean, the, the, the worst option if you don't trade him is you could put him in the bullpen and try him out there because it seems like he could be, it can make sense to fit him in the bullpen. But Pablo, I don't see a reason to trade him. He played one more game after the All-Star break, after his, he came back from the injury. He, it's unknown how he will come back after that long injury. I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't trade him un, unless he's, you know, not performing up to your standards or you really want to bring up a guy like Max Meyer and have Sixto, Edward, all those guys in that rotation. Then you would say, all right, let's wait till trade deadline and let's move Pablo or maybe spring training, Danny. I mean, what would you do in the case for Pablo if, if it really came down to really trading him, which I personally wouldn't do at all, but. You know, and then your thoughts on the report with Eliezer and Pablo. Well, the, th the thing is that I don't think every player, you know, they are untouchable players. No, yeah, I agree. That's 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 the first thing. If you, if you find the right fit for you, um, then you pull the trigger and you, and you do it. I wouldn't blame the Marlins if they trade Pablo just because he hasn't been, hasn't been healthy ever. And... I mean, when was the last time we saw Pablo pitch in a full season that it wasn't the shortened season in 2020? I was going to say that one. Yeah, yeah. But, but but it was only yeah. 60 games, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to judge uh, because it was such a shortened season. And he always have the issues in the second half of the season or basically starting the second half. So what you saw in 18, what you saw in 19, and what you saw in 21 is that the guy can stay healthy all year long. I I don't think there's a person who wants to be healthy, health, who wants Pablo to be healthier more than, than I do. Um, I yeah. know I get a little bit, little bit selfish on this one, but it's only because he's Venezuelan and, and he's such a, <laughs> such a great guy. But the thing mm. with Pablo is that he hasn't been healthy ever. And that's the problem. So I wouldn't, blame the Marlins if, if they go on and pull the trigger and, and trade him somewhere else for for a, for a position position player. However, I don't think that's going to happen and I agree with you. I think Eliezer is more likely to, to be traded. But I think that he... I mean, the problem with Eliezer could be the same one that with Pablo. Um, you know, healthy health issues with the blister and now the biceps and now uh, this and that. Maybe because because of the blister problem that caused him the, the problem in, in the biceps, um, but I think he has some value. Uh, I I think he has some value now that teams are going to the bullpen so soon, and maybe looking for those guys who can pitch two to three to four innings sometimes. And Eliezer could be that guy because his starts are pretty short, but maybe from the bullpen he can do a pretty decent job. So I think that he has some value and the Marlins could get an, an advantage from, from that because um, he, he's just going to be helpful wherever he goes. He, I think he, he has made a step, a good step for you know in, in his career. I don't think he's on an elite level, but he's a good pitcher. And, and he can't get out. And as soon as you, I mean, as much as you can do that, you're going to be, you're, you're going to have a job and you're going to be effective no matter where you are.
Yeah, and, and you mentioned how guys now are being put in the bullpen quicker. This is why I think Eliezer makes a lot of sense. He's a guy who doesn't make yeah. many starts. Or not many starts. He doesn't go too long in his starts. He has a lot of health issues. He, he's very injury prone. So maybe him going two or three innings is good for him. He, he doesn't yeah. ri- risk an injury as much as it would risk him, you know, maybe pitching every five days or yeah. going six, maybe five, six innings. It makes a lot of sense to put Eliezer there. But, and also something this to Isaac. Uh, I think it was the last episode we we're talking about how the Marlins can really revamp this thing internally. And we talked about guys like Jordan Holloway, maybe a Dan Castano, but Eliezer is one who before thinking about maybe let's trade him and make sense. Uh, he, he was a legit option to possibly be in that bullpen in 2022 and be one of the big pieces, Isaac. Yeah, well, I think if LA is just here, I think he definitely has a, a huge role in that bullpen, that Andrew Miller type long relief pitcher type who can, yeah. you know, either bail out a starter who can't get past the third or fourth inning or just, you know, you want to finish the game from the seventh, eighth inning on. His numbers from innings one to three were pretty damn good, you know, with that fastball slider combination. So that, that's where I think he would belong if he is on the team. I think Miami is going to look to trade him. And back to Pablo, just really quick, you know, Danny mentioned it perfectly. He has not pitched ever more than 112 innings in his career. So it's yeah. now would not be the time where I would trade him, even though I think you get a lot back. I honestly truly think if Miami is still somewhat in it in the trade deadline of next year, I think, and Pablo is pitching really well, like he, we know he's capable of, that's the time to trade him to a, a team that's trying to win now. And that's where you get that, that offensive piece that you're missing, that you're lacking, try and make a playoff run in 2022. I think Pablo... I think the next first half of the 2022 season might be the last time we see Pablo as Marlin, but I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I wouldn't trade him now. I don't think now is the time. Even though he came off a fantastic year, it was only 103 innings pitch, and he's never pitched more than 112 innings. Yeah. So I, I think if he has a really good first half, he'd be a really fascinating trade piece in 2022. Yeah, and to end it off with Pablo, I think last season trade deadline, I don't know if he was injured or not already, but – I know he was a guy who I for sure said, this guy seems like he's the odd man out. I I think it's time to, you know, maybe at least look into a trade, but I'm not sure if he was already injured or not. I I think he he was. He he got hurt just before the All-Star break. I mean, the day day before he pitched that beautiful game with nine consecutive strikeouts to start again, and then he didn't strike out any any single hitter after that. Um, And then he got hurt. He, I, I don't think he pitched like right after a break. So, yeah, yeah, that was, that was it. I know there were teams interest, in, you know, with, with interest in, in him, uh, in the American League specifically. Yeah, um, but um, it just didn't happen because of his health. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending. Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, and moving on, I guess, to a trade alert. Uh, the Marlins acquire from Tampa Bay, Lewis Head from the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> <laughs> Two point three thirty one ERA. He was two and zero in twenty seven games. Point eighty six ERA um, whip, uh, and he had I think thirty two strikeouts. Danny, your initial thoughts on this move? I think very underrated in terms of he played twenty seven games and he was pretty solid. He was a rookie. Uh, what, what what would this guy bring for the Marlins? Obviously, it's not the big splash like Anthony Bass. Who I guess you could could say was last year. But thoughts on this trade? Gas. A lot of gas, and 
a lot of jokes as well about his last name and you know the body part and especially <laughs> I, mean, I mean i already call him you both guys are latin so you're gonna guys you, you guys are gonna understand i'm already call him luis cabeza uh which is a, the exact translation from louis head yeah uh, <laughs> but but i think he's gonna be good i i saw him a lot especially the last three three four weeks of the season when yeah. we I, i went to tampa for three straight weekends Uh, yeah. covered a tig the Tiger series, the Marlins series, and the Red Sox series for the ALDS. So I saw him a lot, and and I the thing is that it's it's hard to find a bad pitcher in the race, uh, in, in the race system. So um, he he was just good, and I think he's gonna he's gonna play out very good. That's right, as you mentioned, he's I think he's underrated. They didn't give up a lot. I mean, just a player to be named later or cash cash considerations. So you basically lose, or you're basically losing nothing. So I think it's going to be good for for the Marlins, no matter what yeah. happens. You know, the last big trade we were talking about this with. I was talking to this about with Isaac when they made the trade with the Pirates. Their player to be named later was Tyler Glasnow. So let's hope the Marlins don't mess with. Yeah, this that's enough. that's true. And now they, I, I I don't remember the name of this guy, but they they traded Mike Brasso to the Brewers. Yeah, a guy who struck out more than a hundred batters in less than seven innings. <clears throat> When you see yeah. that, you say, "Okay, if, if a, unless it's Trevor Richards, but if the well, Rays, but if the Rays want to trade with you for a, one of your pitchers, be careful because they yeah. can turn that guy into a monster." And I'm but, pretty sure that was the the trade that that was the Chris Archer trade, right? Which he got to yeah. last night. And they got and they got uh, Austin Meadows, Archer, and they got and they got Archer back. So, Padres, that's so bad on you. Five. Yeah, no, and I don't know if you guys know this. Maybe Eli can tell us. The Marlins did recently have to give a player to be named later. They finally completed that part of a trade. I am blanking on which trade it was, but it ended up being someone not so shitty. I, I don't remember exactly who the player was, but they definitely just completed a trade that was originally a player to be named later. But that's anyway. To just finish off with Lewis Head, great signing, funny jokes. The Marlins got themselves some head, fantastic. But he'll be a, he'll be a good fun part. I, about I, 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 I don't know if Eli saw it uh, or you guys saw it. Um, like who's gonna be warming up in the arm barn? Uh, I saw that. <laughs> Heads up. <laughs> Heads up. That's gonna be great when that happens. Was so, the player I mean, being traded from the from the Houston trade with uh, Yimmy or or no? No. Austin Brick? Oh no! no I think no, it was no. the Yimmy. It was trade, a right? it was a Marlin player going away who was a player to be named later, and it ended up being like a someone relevant. I don't. I I'm I know. I mean, wasn't Griffin Conine a uh, player to be named yeah, later? Yeah, oh, he was a player to be named later. Hey, technically, because during the 60-man season, they couldn't trade anyone that wasn't in the player pool. So that's why they couldn't announce it till the end of the year. But it was already rumored. Michael Hill sort of hinted at who it was. But no, it was it was someone else. But anyway, not, not to take up more time about this. Yeah, and I think the only other thing I really want to cover with, I guess, now moving on to the baseball part. Yeah, um, that, that, that's the tweet you like. That's, that's a yes. One. Someone. Who's warming up in the arm barn? Heads up. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, <laughs> I don't know if the worst part is actually the joke or that I call the bullpen the arm barn. The arm barn is worse. Yeah. I mean, Pete, I'm sorry, but why? <laughs> it, it, smack, it kind of smacks. I'm not going to lie. It kind of like arm barn kind of smacks. It sounds but cool, I, but no. But no, no. I mean, it, it's cool if it's a proposal because it's like, yeah, you know what? We just want to change the name because we just want to change it. 
But if you tell not, me not for the reasoning behind it, section, I'm like, I'm like, no, come on, like you guys no. have so many things to to get yeah. on with and and take care of, you know. And you look at it too, you know. Then you would have to change. You would have to change the the baseball names of the Marlins. It's a it's an animal. Uh, what other team has an animal? Is a no. You know what? I saw a great tweet of regarding that regarding like that they wanted to change the name to Armbar. And like, if only they knew what baseball gloves were made out of. And baseballs. <laughs> and baseballs. <laughs> like, okay, guys, let's let's. It's like, like let's guys, I think deal. you haven't realized what's going on with, in in this sport. So yeah. Yeah. Um, now moving away from from Marlins talk, there's Carlos Correa, and uh, we we saw his nice comments about Derek Jeter and his uh five uh gold was it gold gloves i'm pretty sure yeah uh, yeah danny your thoughts on the uh, carlos correa's lovely words to Derek jeter and what this means for the marlins because you know it, it ties into the Marlins. i don't think it means anything honestly i don't think it means anything i think jeter knows what he did and what he didn't in his career i think he knows how good of a shortstop he was or how good of a shortstop he wasn't um I don't think I, I. I honestly think it's it's not a big deal, especially because now everyone understands, uh, not everyone, but the majority of people understands how you can evaluate defenders with the new metrics. You just certainly what what Correa said. Yeah, the the eye can lie to you because Jitter looks spectacular with the jump throw and with the play. Uh, you know, with the head, head first, uh, diving into the stands and making that catch or whatever. But he wasn't that good of a shortstop as I know. Oh, it's Rodriguez. A-Rod, yeah. But you can compare him to a- to Vizquel, for example. And I know Ethan's going to hate me for this, but Vizquel was basically the best defensive shortstop of his generation. And there was no question about it. Um he wasn't that that good of de- defensively, but he was spectacular and he was popular and he was so good in so many things. Uh, and that's why I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, Correa can do whatever he can, he can he he wants to do. He's not gonna be bigger than than Jeter ever. So, and, not- and, and I don't think he's coming to the Marlins either. So. Uh, even even, even without the comments, he was not coming to the Marlins anyway. No, yeah, yeah. I, I think <laughs> I, I established Forget that for myself a while ago. Forget Forget yeah, once I, I saw that, I, I, I spoke about it with Christina yesterday. I saw it. And the only thing that was interesting about it is just you don't see any current players speak other than praises for Derek Jeter. So that was the only interesting part. You know, Correa is not wrong at the all. Thing is, the thing is that Correa is honest every single time right and he's uh, not wrong he's not wrong i can't argue he, I, I don't think he was strong i think i i mean don't get me wrong i think jitter was a, a good shortstop he just wasn't spectacular as you know to have five gold gloves he was not a five-time gold glover that's like what brandon crawford is you know that's not what this guy is yeah um the video quality was a little weird i thought you know, that's the only thing. It was like because very it was an Instagram live broadcast. So oh, okay. I don't know. I thought it was like a YouTube video or something. No, so we got the clip Instagram of it. Live broadcast with Me Gustan Los Deportes and Carlos Barriga. Remember yeah. the big players. Okay. Isaac, I'm going to let you take over here because I know we want to talk Wilson Contreras with Danny Alvarez. So I'll let you take over uh, pretty much for the rest of the for the pod, pretty much. Well, yeah, I guess the first, uh, since you mentioned Wilson, I was going to go the, a different catcher who just retired. I guess we'll start with Wilson. Wilson, you know, Danny, we know he's he's been a name that's been floated around since last year, last offseason. I think Peyton Burdick was the reason, was what got in between that trade happening. 
Wilson is a great offensive catcher. He's there on a one-year deal left before free agency. He's one of the better catchers to be named available. He seems to fit what Miami would need other than the year's control. What are your thoughts on a potential on a potential match here with a Venezuelan catcher? Wait for him and sign him after he becomes a free agent. Okay. So that so it's the years of control that that you're that was it. That's it. That's it. You can I, I was, you, you you can keep good players. You need a catcher. You definitely need a catcher maybe more than any other thing right now. Not only because of the offense, not only because of how you know the poor performance that you had from that position all year long with Alfaro, with Jackson, with Leon, with whoever was behind the plate. Uh, I think we saw good things from Peyton Henry. I think we saw good things from Nick Fortes. Uh, but yeah. you, I, I don't believe you can go and compete if those guys are your, your, your catchers, your everyday catchers. Yeah. Uh, no disrespect to them, but I need. I think you need a great catcher to compete, uh, and that's that's how Contreras is. Uh-oh. If you if you don't want to trade a guy like Burdick, that's okay. I think I would trade Burdick um, to get a piece a piece a piece like him, knowing especially the depth that you have in, in the outfield now with Meisner and with uh, um, JJ and, and how good he's performing. No, I don't, I don't give a lot up. No, I, I, I think I, 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 I know. But you, yeah, on. I would I would just wait and and look for a catcher for this year. Of course, I would. And then just yeah. wait one more year, and then you go and, and sign him. And then you go and sign whatever big, big free agent is out there. And then in 23, then you're talking and you're saying, you know what? I'm going for it. And that's it. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Because if they did go this route of get acquiring a rental like Contreras, it's you really – I think what's most important to Jeter and Aang and company is 2022, is the year that's right in front of them. And if they're just going to acquire a rental for 2022 and not give up a whole lot – that's fine because then you just go into the 22 offseason, you're in the same problem you are right now, but at least, hey, maybe Contreras is willing to resign. There's going to be a whole lot of other catchers on the free agent market. So to me, I think they're so much so worried on 2022, knowing they cannot go to Fortes and Jackson, that they might, if they, I would rather four years, I'm sorry, one year of Contreras than acquiring the four to three years left of Stallings, for example. But that's yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at, um, the options that the Marlins have. Wilson is one, and I think a really old trade would look like, I guess, I think the last time the trade didn't go through because Burdick was in that trade and Miami didn't want to trade him. I think at least that's what I heard, but I think I would include Burdick now. He's the minor league player of the year. His value's up now, so I think it would convince Chicago even more to make this kind of a, a deal. So, yeah, and, and, uh, and I also did talk about a guy like Mitch Mitch Garver from the Twins who oh, yeah. Miami Miami and Minnesota always have had some good trade talks. They made the Sergio Romo trade, and um, they I think they had interest in Eliezer at some point, if I'm correct. So maybe yep. you, you, do, you do Kepler for Mitch Garver. Yep. I, 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 think, know, yeah. I, I think he's good, and, and I think that he's just the type of catcher's team are trying to develop now. Um, you know, with his, his way to call the game, framing – blocking, throwing out runners and, and base. Uh, I think he's the perfect fit and he's he, he might be a role model for every single uh, organization out there. The thing is that I don't know what happened to him to him and, and his bat. He was so good in 19 and then he just fell apart in 2020 and in 2021. I just don't know what happened. Um, mm. But but I think he could be it could be interesting. You know what? Thinking about 
Garver in Miami and his good year in 19. Who was the hitting coach over there in 19? With the Dave Robinson. Okay. I, I think I, I think it'll be good for for Gar Garver to to yeah. be here in case that they're interested in in him. In him. You know that that's a that's a name that I, I failed to mention in, in a report I did earlier. But I think we're gonna wrap it up really quickly. Just one more quick thing: Buster Posey, Hall of Famer or not? First ballot. No, I'm sorry. Hundred no, percent first ballot. I mean, no hundred percent of the votes, but I think it's a first yeah. ballot. No Obviously, not no unanimous. Question. There's only been one person to be unanimous. No question. No question. Kevin, your thought? I, I think he deserves it. I mean, he, he has all the accolades needed for it. Um, I think he should be a Hall of Famer, obviously. Yeah. World Series champ. One of the best catchers, I think, of, of this century. Not the century, but of our time now watching baseball, at least mine. He, he's top top five catchers for sure. I mean, you could even argue top three. So I think this is where we're going to end it, Danny. You're such a baby, man. That's, of course, of your, of your time. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm talking more my time, you know. There's Yadi, Yadi, of course, Salvador Perez. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I think that's where we're gonna end it, man. You know, thank you for coming, Danny. It was an absolute honor to have you, and, and it was a oh, blast man. to have you. I I've had a blast. Uh, thank you guys for for reaching out, and you know, I I will do whatever you guys want or or need any any time. So thank you for having me, and um, yeah, maybe we can do this again before the off season ends or during the season or whatever you guys need, you know, where, where I'm at at the price box all the time and you can call me, text me, do whatever you want. Once again, my name is Kevin with Danny, your special guest and co-host Isaac Zoot, Eli and the uh, production down there. But whenever you see this, just share it to anyone. We'll, we'll be on Twitter to hear your feedback, obviously. And peace out, guys. Go. That's a wrap, everybody.